is an interesting passage, and before I get to the meaning of the no sandals, or I should say sandals, but no money belts and whatnot, I want to kind of kind of re-remind people of some things I've said in the Saturday talks that I think apply here. You know, we said before that the word disciple means to learn, but the word apostle means to be sent out. And Jesus, it says right here, is send them out two by two. Now, what's interesting is Jesus is sending them out two by two in basically giving them his authority, because that's the next line here, and gave them authority. This is critical. It is his authority that empowers their whole ministry. Their mission, they are a special ops group. They are the green beret wearing no beret, wearing nothing but sandals and one tunic. Their mission is a training exercise to become the leaders of the church. For leading the church, such as anointing, the sacraments. Paul, Brother Stephen just read, Paul talked about sealing in the Holy Spirit. That's the sacrament. The gospel passage says right here, they anointed with oil, many who were sick. This is the sacrament. You've heard me say before, the sacraments are what make us different than any other faith. 40,000 Christian denominations, one has the truth of the sacraments. It's what makes us different. He gave them authority for exercising demons, healing, preaching, even forgiving sins. People never believe this, even our Catholics, that we have been given in the church the authority. Who had the full authority to forgive sins on earth? Jesus. Father, it's not the priest who forgives. Yes, the grace comes from Jesus, but he delegated that authority to the priest. When people go into the confessional, the reason why God gives us the sacrament and instructs us is Matthew 16, 19, Matthew 18, 18, John 20, 23. The priest is the one in persona Christi. Christ had ultimate authority to forgive sin, and when you have that authority, you have the power to delegate it. And Jesus did. Okay, you've heard me say this. But what I want to add to that is our faith is a faith that is of God and his authority. So many times we hear, I'm not into man-made religion. I don't follow man-made. This is not man-made. This is of Christ delegated to his apostles to create the church. It's called apostolic it's not man-made tradition, it's apostolic tradition. Remember that next time you are challenged, that you don't follow, somebody doesn't follow man-made religion, say, neither do I. I follow apostolic tradition, not man-made tradition that comes directly from Christ. We see that right here. You know, a lot of people say, well, this is a man-made religion. Well, uh-uh, I can tell you every other religion is man-made. Every other Christian religion is man-made. Only the Catholic faith can be traced back in the Orthodox to Jesus Christ. People who say that it's man-made, we need to ask them this question. Okay, 
I can pick any one of the 40,000 Christian religions and tell you who started it. I used to live in North Carolina. God bless them. They were great people, but almost all my neighbors were Baptists. God bless them. In fact, they're the reason that I'm a priest in some ways, besides the story with my grandma. And it actually is because I caught fire seeing the zeal of the Baptists. I was thinking, gee, if they're this zealous and they don't have half the truth, what are we doing? But you know who started the Baptist religion? John Smith in 1609. I used to live in Utah in, when I was young in Salt Lake City. All our neighbors were Mormons. God bless them. They were great people. There was no crime. People helped each other. But who started the Mormon religion? Joseph Smith in 1830. I grew up in Michigan. Our neighbors seemed to be Episcopalian, good people, great people. But who started the Episcopalian religion? Yes, Henry VIII, the Anglican, but in the United States, Samuel Seabury in 1789. Now you get my point. God bless these people, but they're not Jesus Christ. Now who started the Catholic religion? Um, John Williams? Um, uh, Mary Smith? No, Jesus, right here. Jesus came to earth to start a church. We know this. And I always say, does anybody think that Christ would come to earth to start a church and say, I'm going to get it wrong for 1,500 years until Martin Luther gets it right? No. You know, people who say, well, I'm spiritual, Father. I'm not religious. Really? Yeah, Father, I'm not into organized religion. Gee, that's too bad because Jesus organized religion. And this is the point I want to make. All right. He set up the papacy, put Peter upon it, organized the magisterium right here. He's sending out the apostles. Okay, you've heard me say this before. But what I want to get to is the fact that even the Bible, people on our online write all the time, you Catholics are not out of the Bible. Do you know where the Bible comes from? The Bible comes from the Catholic bishops. The Catholic bishops canonized the Bible that we have today. Who determined? Okay, we have four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Do you also know that there was the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Peter? Did you know that? Who determined that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John went into the Bible, but the Gospel of Mary, the Gospel of Thomas, and the Gospel of Peter did not? Who determined that? The Catholic Church. The councils of Carthage and Hippo in 393 and 397. People don't understand this. You cannot accept the Bible and reject the authority from which it came, which is the Catholic Church. People say, well, the Catholic Church didn't write the Bible. Actually, the Catholic Church started the Thursday before Christ resurrected. Everything that was written in the New Testament came after that. Yes, the Bible comes from the Catholic Church because there was only the Catholic Church. And so this is what we don't understand. And I, 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 I think one long time ago on a Saturday, I did tell the story. I think it fits here. I always say, you know, I, I should be embarrassed, but what the heck? I moved down to North Carolina to start a business 
and opened my business one month before 9-11. And I was working crazy hours and all the time. And one night I was in my office on a Saturday night about 10 o'clock and something came on the radio and they said, I live north of Charlotte on Lake Norman. And there, some radio show came on and everybody was having a good time at some nightclub in Charlotte. And they said, if you are not here tonight, you are a complete loser. <laughs> and I remember looking at the stack of papers on my desk, looking at my computer and thinking, it is Saturday night at 10 o'clock. I haven't been out since I've been down here for a year and a half. I haven't had any time to go out, haven't had a date. Maybe I am a loser. So I decided to try something new at the time called online dating. I was one of the first guys ever to try online dating. When I, when I tried online dating, I think there's all the seven girls on the internet. So I ended up meeting this young lady and we started talking and emailing and we agreed to meet and I did not want to make her uncomfortable by saying, what's your address? I'll come pick you up. So we met at a restaurant in Charlotte. And I always laugh because what are the two things they tell you to never talk about on a first date? Religion and politics, right? So she basically, we were having the meal and then all of a sudden she pops the question. So what religion are you? And I mumbled Catholic, and she's like, huh. she gasped, and she goes, how, how could you belong to a religion that burned Bibles, chained them to rocks so nobody could have them, and put them into Latin so nobody could read them? No, I didn't know my faith then. So you know what my reaction was? We did? I mean, I went home that night thinking, why am I Catholic? You know, if we don't know our faith, we can't love our faith because we're being told our faith is wrong. So later, I learned, I would always hope I would meet her again someday. Maybe she's watching on the live stream. <laughs> but I asked, did the Catholic Church burn Bibles, chain them to rocks, put them in the lad. Did the Catholic Church do that? Yes. But you got to ask why. Why did the Catholic Church burn Bibles? The Catholic Church burned Bibles because there were several counterfeit Bibles. There were Bibles out there like the Gospel of Thomas, Gospel of Peter, Gospel of Mary that were not inspired. What does the government do when they find counterfeit money? They burn it. The Catholic Church has never burned authentic Bibles. They burned heretical Bibles, Bibles that John Jacob Jickenheimer Schmidt was writing in his basement. These are things that were not inspired. So the church did burn the counterfeit Bibles. So yeah, the church burned Bibles, not the Bible. What about chaining them to rocks? Yeah, the church did. But they took three years to copy one Bible back then. So if a monk copied a Bible, it took three years. If you put that out on the public square, it was worth a lot of money. Three years wages. If you put it on the public square, somebody would walk away with it. But they wanted people to read it. So they put it in the public square on the main rock and chained it to the rock. Not so nobody could have it, but so everybody could have it. I always used to laugh. For those of you who are older, y'all remember the phone booth? 
the phone booth used to have what? The yellow pages chained to it. So somebody didn't walk away with it. I always laugh. What about the pen at the bank? The pen at the bank is chained to the desk. When I was a kid, my mom, I saw her probably a dozen times, take the pen, put it into her purse, zip it up and walk away as the chain ripped her purse. Because you don't think, you take. And so the Bible was chained so everybody could have it. What about putting it into Latin? It was not so nobody could read it. The Bible was put into Latin so more people could read it. Back then, most of the educated people in the world that could read and write spoke and wrote Latin, read Latin. So by putting it into Latin, the church actually greatly expanded the reach of the Bible. These are the things that people don't tell you. And these are the things that I think are so important. You know, the church is the longest running continuous institution in the history of the world. Do you think that we could do that if we weren't of God? Do you really think if we were man-made, the next time somebody says to you, why don't you drop that man-made religion? Say, you know what? The Catholic Church is the longest running, continuous running institution in the history of the world. Do you really think if it was man-made, it would still survive today, despite all of our dumb things that we've done? It's because it is divine and human. In her divine nature, she won't fail. You'll always get the truth. In her human nature, she's broken. So we pray for her. So these are the things. Napoleon. Napoleon said, I'm going to destroy the Catholic Church. Back in 1800, he said, I'm going to destroy the Catholic Church. And the cardinal said to him, you think you're going to destroy the Catholic Church? He said, yeah. He said, gee, priests and bishops have been trying to do that for 1800 years. What makes you think you're going to do it? You can't. If it was man-made, it would have ceased to exist long ago. And people don't get that. Despite ourselves, Jesus set it up. Jesus established these leaders, the first priests who will guide the people we just read. He sent them out, apostles. So Jesus said, now let's talk more about the gospel and I'll finish. Gospel said, or Jesus said, heal the sick, cleanse, cast out demons. Nobody would never have given any credit to the apostles. They were unlearned, unlearned and illiterate. Nobody would have given them any credit. Jesus had to give them his authority. He gave them his authority to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. These guys were a bunch of fishermen, a tax collector. Nobody would have listened to a tax collector. Nobody would have. These guys were illiterate. Nobody would have paid any attention to them. They could have sat out on the street corner and preached all day long. But God, Jesus Christ, gave them his authority so they could do miracles. They worked miracles in proof that they belonged to the kingdom, that God was giving them his authority. So they must win out. He sent them out as they were. They must not take any money to pay for rent or food. Why did Jesus do this? Why did, this is kind of like me being under Father Mark Barron when I was a novice. Father Mark Barron basically sent us out everywhere with nothing. And I always used to say, oh, come on, Father Mark. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to this place, you know, three states over. I'm going to need at least a dollar. <laughs> so why did Jesus do this? 
Jesus did this, that they must not take any money to pay for rent or food. Why? So they must depend on him. They may not, not. The reason is they must not depend on their own, on their own resources. They had to depend on God and the kindness of other people for these things, like we do you. We Marian fathers can only exist in this ministry, what we bring to you, because of your kindness. That's part of what being a Marian helper is. You are like the people that the apostles went and preached to. Jesus said they'll take care of you. God bless all of you for helping taking care of God's ministry through this, the church. All of you, by simply being here with us, are supporting this mission of divine mercy. In those days, however, it was custom that people would receive travelers, even if they didn't know them. So the disciples really could have expected kindness when they went places. Today, that's really not the case. We don't really get that. So it's even tougher today. So the key is trust. Father Kosicki used to say trust is total reliance upon saving truth. T-R-U-S-T. Trust. Total reliance upon saving truth. So I finish because there's something in the Old Testament, in the Talmud, in the Jew tradition. And here's what the Talmud says. No one is to go to the temple with staff, shoes, girdle of money, or dusty feet. That's what it said in the Talmud, the Jewish scripture. So this must have been what Jesus was referring to. The idea was that when one entered the temple, he must leave everything else outside. Why? Because what Jesus is saying is, you must treat the whole world as the temple of God. So why, if they were only prohibited wearing shoes and money and staff going into the temple, but Jesus says, I don't want you to have it going out into the world. Why would he do that? They're not in the temple. Jesus is saying the whole world is the temple. The whole world is the temple of God. A man of God must show by his attitude to, towards material things that his first interest is God. So, shake the dust off your feet. What is that? The apostles were to take nothing away belonging to the pagan cities. And we too are trying to take nothing away from secularized society. People got very upset with me two Saturdays ago on my talk when I said that Christians are favoring abortion and redefining marriage, I'm not saying that's Christian teaching. That is not Christian teaching. What I'm saying is there are those among us who call themselves Christian who don't follow Christian teaching. And Jesus is saying, wipe that dust off your feet. Don't take that with you. Don't adopt that. Don't conform to that stay to the truth. This is why we do. All right. So our faith, our church is grace, God's grace, and that's enough. So we need material things. Yes, we need things of the world, but we need to keep it in perspective. You know, when we <clears throat> look at what's ultimately most important, there's nothing we're going to take with us when we die. No money bag, no sandals, no tunic, no home, no car, no boat, no career. There's nothing we're going to take with us. 
The only thing we take with us that follows us into heaven is charity. Our love for God and our love for our neighbor. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.